as ever, I can tell you that. <laughs> We're putting our hands on passes and balls. and Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, well I don't get it. I get a day cold. It's no good! He missed it. it! He missed it! Drop it on my feet next time. All right, welcome back to the Soda City Sit-Down. It is episode 66. I'm doing the intro this week because Tyler has some prior obligations as a, a father and a husband. Was it? It's his, uh, it's his, their anniversary or his wife's birthday, something like that? He's simping. I thought he's he was being a simp. Simping. He's being a simp. That's all that matters. He's being a simp. Um, before we get into anything else, as always, make sure you check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Soda City Sit Down, and also check us out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you're listening to one or the other under the Soda City Sit Down. Make sure to give us a like, a follow, whatever you want to do. We love to get the interactions. Uh, so again, I'm Andrew Marino. I'm doing the intro. I'm with Austin, Clayton, Matt. How are you guys doing tonight? Wow, we're not even getting one good. by one. I have important news to All talk right, go about. ahead, Clayton. Take it, take it. Okay, important news, not only <laughs> for me, but for the podcast as a whole, because Sam Darnold got traded to the Panthers. And That's right. I it have, matters to me, too. I, I have a question for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold? I mean, I would obviously rather have Sam Darnold. But, well... <laughs> I did have both on my team at one point, and I remember when Teddy Bridgewater started in the preseason, I was like, he's looking pretty good. I was like, kind of sad we traded him to the Saints because I kind of liked him as a good backup, um, but of course we started Sam. But For uh, this upcoming seeing, year. For this upcoming see, yeah, year. Seeing how everything turned out, I'd probably say Sam Darnold has, he's, he has a lot more to go, but I feel like he has more to prove. I think we've seen pretty much everything from Teddy. All right, what, what, Matt and Austin, what do you guys have to say about this? So I think between the two of them, one is an NFL starting quarterback and the other is uh, maybe the quality of a third string. Uh, I didn't like when the Panthers <laughs> You could have defined which? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, if, I, I, can, I can do that. You don't have to. You don't I'll get to. there. Yeah, I, I feel like people know where I'm going with this, but when the Panthers decided to go after Teddy Bridgewater and uh, they paid him a good amount of money too for, for what it's worth, uh, I thought it was uh, just an absolutely terrible, terrible decision. And I'm very glad that that ended up holding up. But uh, I do think Sam Darnold is highly talented. He's away from, uh, sorry, Marino. He's away from that horrible team that he was on before. And uh, I, particularly I would, the coach, you know. It, I want to see just if, Casey's fault. I want to see if Matt would say the same thing if Sam Darnold was going to start in 2021 with the Jets. If he's going to be so, so complimentary on Sam Darnold here. <laughs> He's being uh, way too nice. Yeah. I, well, I, I always thought Sam Darnold was, was a pretty good player on a very bad team. So That's true. You know, I don't know how good the Panthers are going to be, but I, I would much rather have Darnold than Teddy Bridgewater. I think he is okay. not good. I don't want to spend too long on this, but Austin, like, what do you, what do you think? Uh, I, I think Marino said it best. I think we know what Teddy is. We've kind of seen him throughout his career. We, he's, I think he's hit his ceiling. I don't really think there's much improvement to be made. I like the guy. I just don't think he's – going to bring a franchise to any championships. Darnold is younger than Joe Burrow um, and still has so much 23. potential. Yes, he's, he's got a ton of potential. Um, I know that word is thrown around a lot, but I think Gase really hindered him. Um, Bowles, as you know, great of a defensive coordinator as he was, isn't the best offensive guy. So I think putting him in a rule and Brady system um, will, will help him a lot. Granted, now he's got to go back and match up with Brady. Uh, that would be Tom Brady. 
uh, every week now, mm, uh, twice right, again. Right. So I'm not. I'm sure he's not thrilled about that. But I think it's a good start for the Panthers. I think it's a good start for Darnold. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens. I think if they build around him, he could be okay. I think this is your best alternative other than drafting up uh, or trading for Watson despite all that going on. I know that's a hot topic right now, but um, I would rather have Darnold, long story short. So we're all in agreement. There was more conversation than, or more talk than I would have expected about people thinking that Teddy was better than Sam Darnold, which I thought was interesting and wanted to get your guys' take on it. But we can go before, to Before we else. move on. Before we move on, I just wanted to at the Carolina Panthers, sincerely but also a little bit jokingly, for taking the the experiment that was Teddy Bridgewater to what to test it out for that year. Because like I remember Teddy Bridgewater a couple years ago was in the same situation as Sam Darnold, where like he was a young player with a lot of potential with the Vikings and then had that horrible knee that leg injury that like we didn't think we were ever gonna see him play again. And it's just like it's always sad when you see a player that's like on the up and up is young and then like you never know what's what could have happened because they just like ruined their career or had like a season career ending injury. So I'm glad at least the Panthers let him play out a year. We knew what you could get from Teddy Bridgewater. Now that's over. We can move on. But at least Teddy Bridgewater didn't just like end his career on like a shitty note like that. So thank you. Thank you for taking the chance on, uh, on Teddy. I, I don't like think his career is necessarily jet, so. over. I think it's still, uh, he's going to be a good backup, but I don't think he's going to start ever again. But I I could be well, wrong. I think I could he could start wrong. for a team that's just not the Panthers. Is there any team you think he would go to? I, I think he'd be a backup. I think honestly, I mean, it may have a sour taste in his mouth of them drafting Darnold. I think he kind of knew that with the way his contract was spelled out. Um, but also, I mean, we've seen that Greer and Walker really aren't the answers either at quarterback. So I think them keeping Bridgewater would have them at least a competent second string, and he can kind of he knows the system. Are you talking about Bridgewater Which team? The Panthers. Like, if they kept Bridgewater as a backup uh, versus just letting him walk, yeah. um, I think it'd be better for them. You know, the Jets The Jets idea. are out of a quarterback right now. They should sign Teddy Bridgewater. They don't have a quarterback right now. <laughs> Give yeah. it, like, three yeah, weeks. We could get to that later. <laughs> in, about a, that later. in about a month, they'll be looking good. Yeah. So, um, I guess, Matt, how you, how you doing? Doing pretty good. I'm still trying to figure out how many strikes it takes to strike out a batter. As I, I just watched the umpire signal strike, but not strike out on three straight pitches as I'm watching the South Carolina, North Carolina baseball <laughs> game. And uh, yeah, both coaches seem pretty mad. I, I, I mean, I, I would be too. I mean, that's just, seems like a fundamental, easy thing with baseball. What but, inning you know, is that in? It's the, uh, the fourth inning. We're now in the fifth. They, they, they got it straightened out. Okay. Yeah. All right. I hope, I hope they can finally get some runs on the board. Is uh Never, never like seeing zero zero go late in the game, uh, as, as the Mets about? are doing currently. Oh, is it one one? Yeah. Oh, do they oh, just as score? the Mets are as the no, Mets? No, they, they both the ah. runs are scored in the first inning. Mets are winning right now, so hey, things are looking up. Uh, Austin, how are you doing this week? Uh, I'm good. Much like our good friend Sam Darnold, I have relocated. I have traded teams. I am now uh, in Florida, sunny, beautiful Florida. Closer, closer to the Dolphins. Yes, I am close to my heart. How's your uh, How's your Camaro? Oh, it's great. It's fantastic. I've been whipping that thing on. Yeah. Austin uh, is the worst A1A. April Fool's joke ever. Austin is the fool because he doesn't know what day it is. 
Listen, I was, I was telling you guys to April yeah. Fool us I on the best, day before April Fools. Best April Fools jokes are are plotted before the day happens. Look at look at. But Michael they aren't Strahan. executed before it. Happens. I technically still executed it on April Fools. I just had the setup, the pregame on the thirty first. <laughs> no, you said for it. that you got a Camaro. It'd be too obvious if I would have said on April first. If I say it on March thirty first, everyone loses their minds and thinks, "Oh my God, he really did it." So it was I will better. say the one thing that did that did hinder you is you didn't like tell us you got the Camaro and we're like oh hold on I got to oh I got to take a picture of it you were like well I'm going to buy it tomorrow or you were like gonna pick it up so like it didn't happen yet still That's and you're true. like oh no I'm not gonna get it so it was like oh we, well you didn't have it in the first place so it wasn't like there wasn't much loss on our end it was just like oh okay you got us I I guess <laughs> it's like basically it's such a weird Austin is still the flop of last week yep. Yeah, we're going to do a... I think it's the first double consecutive, you know? I was back-to-back um, flops? Wow. I mean, yeah. Well, but, no, I uh, think he's just still the flop of last week. Real quick, we've... Uh, for me, I've been enjoying Aaron Rodgers' takeover Jeopardy. Uh, it's nice to see someone else take over Jeopardy after Dr. Oz. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is interesting uh, running Jeopardy. He's a... I don't know. He's, he's like a little... He, he's got good candor, but I think he's just, like, focusing on not messing up too much, and he's not kind of, like, relaxing enough. He's like... I don't know. I think he. I think he could do well. I'm interested to see how that pans out in the end. But uh, it's been fun watching Aaron Rodgers take that over. He got roasted yesterday on whether whether Green Bay should have taken the final kick or was that uh, really a roast on him? It was more of a roast at the coach. It was. It was. But I thought <laughs> his was response great. was classic. He was, he, he was just like, "Yeah, that should definitely be the number one answer." That, yeah. Definitely. And then, and then he was also like, uh, "Enjoy your two night, your two days on Jeopardy." Like, oh yeah, <laughs> they didn't even go over the last guy. He was like, "Yeah, you're done." <laughs> it's like, ouch. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right, what are we getting into? Um, it's actually a pretty, pretty sad week, other than baseball, because uh, we unfortunately had to watch the Gamecock women basketball team lose in the final four to Stanford in like the worst fashion i mean dude was i i was so mad at all the just flagrantly missed calls in that game um is 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 stanford the new yukon to the espn that's all i gotta ask because like it felt like they were carried the entire game it's just very odd how how one-sided the officiating was how many like i was watching it and comparing it to what i've seen in the last few years from the men's team and not necessarily from this past year, but from years prior, I just remembered that South Carolina's games would always have like 50 plus fouls by the end of it. Most of which probably went to us. And, you know, we, we, we had a problem fouling people, but, but then it was like the opposite watching the women game, women's game. If you include also the UConn Baylor game from last week. And it was just so odd how few fouls were called, even though people were getting mugged every time they got into the paint. People were getting shoved in the back. The ball was getting kicked out of the way. Like that's somehow like you don't see that with your so, two eyeballs. I don't. I don't get it. They were just. It, it felt like they the weren't. They weren't ready. Were calling it out as it happened. The announcers. They were like, they were like uh, okay, I guess that's not being called. And then of course, like, I don't care if if we in the last minute if we brushed by her or like touched her jersey or what. But if like it's the last minute of the game. And you've got the ball, and you see the opponent player run directly towards someone and put their hands out to touch them. They're doing an intentional foul, and like twice we missed the foul. I don't know how that happens. Like 
I that that was what like drove me nuts because it took off like five seconds that were like pretty precious at that point. Yeah, it was just all and around. Like, how just do you a miss flub a by the? I don't know. Women's basketball clearly has a. I, I think this was a huge final four, basically just like toward the end of the tournament for women's basketball. I feel like a lot more eyes were on it. Now, I guess we're biased because we were watching for South Carolina. But in general, there were a lot of really good games. And I feel like almost every single one of those good games were hampered by poor officiating. Like you, Yeah, Baylor had a bad game. Yeah, it was just, just kind of just, just all around. And it wasn't even like a couple calls. It was just like consistent across most all of the biggest games. I just... Yeah, it's, it's a bit odd. I think they need to kind of figure that out. There's there's a few things that I think the NCAA could uh, step in and, and do. First of all, what we talked a few weeks ago about, you know, giving them at least somewhat fair treatment compared to what it was this year with with all the right. things they got going into the tournament. Just basically everything surrounding the tournament needs to get fixed up, which I, I feel like includes referees. That kind of goes in the same. Just get them good referees. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Gamecocks are definitely no strangers to having the refs screw them over. No. But this yeah, was, was kind of normal. Th- I mean, this was just more egregious just because it was the final four and like the. Yeah. And, and it really wasn't like early game calls that cost them in the late game. It was like in clutch time, like they're missing obvious fouls that directly cost them the game. Yeah. And we made sure to flood our twitter page of memes and other random rants i, I think one game. Oh, and I as much as i'm sorry go ahead go no, ahead. i just want to say one thing yeah. we did kind of ignore or maybe it was said and i didn't hear but our, our offensive shooting was also very poor uh unless it was close about to go uh, to that, so i yeah. apologize then for cutting you off there but yeah and, um, no go ahead go ahead yeah, yeah our, our offensive really our rebounding and our shooting was just horrible i mean we we still stay in the yep. game because cook and boston are bought are like just that good um and cook was really trying to carry she did everything she could but we could not shoot outside of our best players, which is really bad. And I know we've yeah. got um, some great, great players coming in. But I think if we just clear up, clean up our shooting at least, I mean, we're unstoppable. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, I, I do think that if, if it was properly refed, we would have, we might have come out. Because, I mean, there are probably some foul shots we would have been able to get. And we were only one point away at the end there. To, uh, to at least at least winning. I mean, we would have scraped Not by. Not only we were we at one won. point, we, we missed game-winning opportunities. We, you, oh, absolutely. We um, missed but t- I think a layup and then a tip back. At the very end, yeah, the, that was bad. That yeah. was a bad yeah. yeah, dude, I, I was so – I mean, I, I, all the credit to Boston. That was, I mean, that would have been a hard shot for anyone to make. But we would have also, like Austin said, like offense just wasn't there. Uh, Zaya and Destiny definitely helped. I mean, there were some solid three-pointers in the second quarter that were super clutch to making sure that Stanford didn't just take it away. But as much as I love Boston, uh, she had a really tough game. She got, like, four fouls, I think, right at the beginning of the second quarter, or it was really early kind of... I mean, getting four fouls is always bad, especially when you're someone who's really good defensively. Defensively, uh, she was so, great, but her shooting was terrible too. She got like she was not hitting yeah. anything from downtown. It was. I feel really like it's going to be a yeah. long off season for her, just thinking about that regular season UConn game and the way that it went out on the final with how she just right. ended up missing just from right under the rim for two huge game winners. That, those are the things well, you don't she, forget. She wasn't the one that missed the layup, right? She just missed the tip in. She missed the right? shot that was like the layup was contested. The the putback was was the much easier shot there. Really, yeah. I thought that. Okay, sure. It it was uh, yeah. It was just hard because like in the last thirty seconds, I think it was like our last possession. It was like we were handing the ball back and forth in Boston, and it's like I understand she is definitely. 
I would argue this the spirit of the team and like a, I would say a captain of the team. But just being that cold all night, I was like, I don't, I, I don't. She, I mean, I don't, I don't even know her shots. But I mean, it wasn't what she, I assume it was pretty decent, but not what she's used yeah. to. But I was just like worried. In, in I'll say you do have to credit Stanford. I mean, they had a giraffe on their team. That that makes it kind of hard for <laughs> for anyone in, in the paint to be shooting well. So uh, and and we fouled whole a ton, and she I think made all of her free throw shots, which is. White people always make their free throw shots. That's like the, what they're best at. And I was like, God, we got to keep fouling this girl every time. And she just made every single yeah, shot. So it was a tough game. But, um, you know, Stanford, yeah. they, they, you know, South Carolina, if they get just that last shot to go in or get a foul call here or there, they're, they're probably winning the national championship. I mean, I, yeah, Arizona's a, a decent about. team. They made the final beating UConn, which was pretty surprising. But they've got a talented team, too. But I do think Stanford... Uh, I, I feel like they overall, I feel like it was a very even game, but it could have gone either way and uh, just happened to go their way this time. And I'm not, I'm not worried about the future though. They'll be very good next season. They'll be no, back. We will they're, be back. The fact that they're just getting to the final four in just the manner that they did, just dominating to get to that point. I feel like that's here to stay right now. Just the way Dawn has this team working. And, and yeah, and in terms of, as you both said, like they got, so many people coming back and we lost like what two good seniors last year so i mean this team was good but being going you know a lot of the 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 girls on the team i don't know if they've been to the tournament before because last year was canceled and it's one thing to be a good team and know you're good but it's another to like have a chip on your shoulder so i think that's just going to really help push them forward and give them momentum starting the season next year so i'm excited to see what happens um but i think I think we're probably done with that. Um, we're going to move on to Gamecock baseball. We got a game going on right now. So, and then we uh, finished the series versus Georgia. We uh, took two of the three, so we got the win. Three to five, the first game. Thirteen to seven, second game, and five to one, the the final game. We lost in the first game, right? Three to five. Yep. Yep. Blew it open. Thirteen seven, and then took it away. Five one, the last game. Yeah. So. I didn't, Interesting, I didn't get a chance to watch this Interestingly enough, I, I thought Friday we actually blew a 3-0 lead, but it almost felt like we weren't leading because our one three RBI hit was a home run and then pass that didn't really do much. Uh, again, it was kind of one of those games that Farr played really well and unfortunately uh, it, it was given up late, but it was more on the bats in that game. Georgia, a, a better hitting team, not as, as great of a pitching team as we saw. Uh, the next day, I, I'm glad we bet we were able to bounce back with. Both. Well, compared to the pitchers we have been seeing, it's it's not hard to be yeah. worse than that. But we certainly bounced back the next two days. Uh, we ended up having eight home runs on the weekend. Um, just a great response Saturday and Sunday, and we can get into some of our MVPs and LVPs in a little bit. But I'll say it was the first weekend that I th- I thought I was just very impressed from the bottom of our lineup. I, I thought the bottom of our lineup shined this weekend. I will say that uh, it, it's again just a trend. When we're when the power's there, when we're hitting home runs, we're winning games. And when it dries up, our offense dries up. And sometimes we'll still get carried by our pitching, but we we are a very uh, power reliant team. For sure. And uh, currently in a one-one game right now, where we're we're kind of struggling to hit. 
against North Carolina, it seems like that that's a game we always lose by double-digit runs. So the fact that it's even tied right now, you will take it at this point. But uh, yeah. yeah, outside of that, you know, first series win at Georgia since 2010. Uh, Foley Field had been just a nightmare for us to play at over the last decade, even with some of our best teams. Um, but definitely a good weekend overall. You'll take a series win. We got a midweek win last weekend too, so a three in one week. And uh, moving up in the polls, up to number 11 in D1 baseball. Uh, top 10 and a couple of the other polls, including Baseball America, I think had us at nine. So we're looking good. And, you know, we, we've got a, a, some chances to move up this week. Uh, up next, we've got a home series versus Missouri, the easiest SEC series, and maybe the only easy SEC series, realistically, that we'll have all season. Um, that was a tongue twister. Yeah, for sure. But uh, what, what do we SEC think, uh, MVPs and LVPs? I think MVP, you just got to give it to Khalil. I, especially yeah. considering the uh, uh, expectations for him coming into this, he, you know, he made us all eat our words. He not only looked good, or or at least solid defensively. His his offense came alive, and he, he did he hit two home runs. He hit uh, one on Tuesday and one on Saturday. Okay, so. so well, it was earlier in the week, but uh, but yeah, two in the week, and considering he was hitting like just at like two hundred. He, uh, you know, John Whittle came in and told us that, you know, hold off guys. He, uh, I'm not ready to take him out. And, uh, it, it really paid off for us this past week. Yeah. I thought, I thought he was, he was really impressive. And, you know, I think the biggest reason for him being successful this past weekend was not even in the hitting as much as it was in, he, he had good at bats. He drew walks. How many, uh, at bats have we seen Khalil have this season where, Three straight strikes went down the pipe, and then he was out. We didn't see that this weekend. He 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 got some good counts. <laughs> he, he drew a few walks, and it was really good. <laughs> it is an improvement, but that just feels so. <laughs> it's just such a such a strange thing to to say it improvement. But yeah, I mean, we, we were thinking Khalil was going to be a lost cause at this point, um, and he's absolutely. I mean, you're correct. Proving us wrong. Uh, had really a really good series uh, and I'm, I'm hoping he keeps it up i really do it'd be nice to see him get a good bat tonight and uh help us get ahead of unc yeah along those same lines i'm gonna shout out brennan malone as my uh mvp for the weekend uh he'd he'd been struggling as, as talented as he is as highly recruited as the guy is he had just struggled from the plate i think he was down to batting around 160 so that's just, you really can't start in the SEC with that. Like even Khalil, as much as he had struggled, was still batting around 200 at his uh, low points. But, you know, I will say Malone <laughs> with the inside the park home run, no, anytime you can pull that off, technically, I mean, it, errors were involved. So the, a lot of people termed it the little league home run. But still, anytime you can pull that off, you got an MVP in my book. Uh, I think he has certainly if he can keep it up i think he's got the spot at third base locked down uh certainly heinrich has has been pretty solid this year but uh he he struggled uh defensively i think he had multiple errors in uh the game that he started there and got benched and uh, i'm glad malone was able to uh come in do really well he had a really nice layout catch too uh so his defense was certainly uh that was very nice yeah 
We've had we've had about like one really solid defensive play per series. It seems because we had like a really good one against Florida, right? Yeah. And um, we've just kind of gotten better defensively as we've moved along. I think the the, yeah. the starting lineup has kind of figured it out defensively a little bit. I, like John said, I don't know if this is necessarily a defense first lineup, but it's definitely looked a lot better. Yeah, thank God for that. Um, uh, I was I was busy with Easter stuff, so I didn't see much Matt, of the Matt games. Matt and I will take care of it. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So then LVP, I'm, I said it while the game was going on, but Brett Carey was really disappointing to me. Like, he, he pitched two in a third inning, gave up five hits and two runs, and I swear, just, like, watching him pitch, like, they were just hitting everything off of him. And... I know it, like, wasn't, you know, like, horrible. Like, I mean, he only gave up two runs. Like, it's not, like, the worst thing ever. But I don't know. Just the way that it looked was just like, man, can we get this guy out of here, like, now? Um, but that was on Saturday, and we ended up winning the game anyways. But uh, I was getting a little worried. Honestly, I was just kind of confused why we put Kerry, we put Kerry in in that situation up 8-1. to one. I feel like we could have saved him for a, an important game. Like, he wasn't usable on Sunday, which turned out to be okay. We didn't end up needing him. But we were in a situation that was a lot closer in a, an important situation where we did not have our closer. But, yeah, it, it was tough. Thankfully, when you have a seven-run cushion, it's hard to even yeah, – even at your matter. worst day, it, it's it's tough to blow that. But, yeah, I, I'll agree with you. And honorable mention for LVP also goes to just really all of our relievers – our starting pitching was awesome this weekend, and that the fact that we don't have an MVP to give them is is sad because you know Far was pretty solid. Jordan was awesome. Uh, Sanders, I, I I have to Sanders I have to update my honorable MVP. mention yeah, for an MVP. If anything, he should be the MVP for the entire True. podcast for this week. I mean, he nearly pitched a complete game, one run allowed. He could have performance. He was he was damn close. He did give up a couple hits in the ninth. Because pitch count wise, he was good. Like he was, he was gonna, he was gonna do it. But you know, they gave up a couple hits uh, in the ninth, took him out. But uh, honestly, awesome weekend for him. Yeah, my LVP is just gonna. Yeah, I forgot about, I forgot about Sanders. That really should have been it. Yeah, he was, he was awesome. Uh, and if if we can have even a semblance of that moving forward, he's he's kind of gonna be the entrenched third guy. Uh, I LVP for me, I. I don't want to go completely off of Clayton's just because I, I it was not Carrie's weekend, but overall just the the relief relief pitching in general. Um, Friday the bats. I mean, there wasn't too much to complain about this weekend, honestly. Yeah, Friday Friday the like bats about weren't as great, exp- and you know yeah. we we only had a three run homer, but the fact that we had a three zero lead past the midway point of the game and ended up losing five three. And that was a combination of a lot of guys out of the bullpen. We've seen it a few times this year where Farr's starts kind of get spoiled, where he should have a few wins that end up slipping away. And that's that's a lot on the bats, too. Like, we, we should be scoring more than three runs, especially when that three runs came off of one hit. But still, I, I hate seeing games that we take our starter out and we seem to blow it when, on the other side, Georgia's starter came out and they didn't give up a single run but as yeah like you said not a lot to complain about lost one I mean, game I think the but series, won the series like, went, yeah I, was about to, I, th- I think the the week went 
you know, to expectation. We went into Georgia, played a, like, not a great, but a solid SEC team. Like, Georgia's, Georgia's definitely not a bad team. Game came in, you know, drop one game, but, like, that, you can't expect to sweep every team. A decent team and, on the road in the SEC. You'll take two out of three like, any day. For sure. But, uh, but yeah, this week we've got uh, UNC that we're currently playing and then Missouri that Matthew was talking about. And, yeah, Missouri, it's, you know, it's got to be a sweep. Like, anything other than a sweep this week is just – I mean, I'm okay if we lose the UNC game but just because I, I kind of actually expect us to lose it just wow. because it's UNC. Well, we always lose to UNC in the midweek game. It's just like – And this is why we should win this week in the midweek game. Uh, I mean, North we should I because really they're a much worse team this year. But still, I just have this memory of just getting destroyed by them. And so, even if it's not logical – I've already like I'm okay with the loss. UNC's a football school now, okay? Oh my the God. baseball their Don't baseball's over. That. It's oh, been over. UNC basketball is dead. They just their coach just retired. They're a football school now. So, you know what? We we got them. We got it. Tonight's tonight's I'm calling the win. I'm calling. And just as Marino said that, means we're North Carolina lose. has taken the lead. You cannot write <laughs> write storylines better than It writes itself sometimes, doesn't it? Did, no, that didn't it happen. Did. No, it actually just happened. <laughs> This is why we can't have nice things. They, they hit a ground why... the first that scored the man on I was third. about to say, yeah. this is probably why yeah. we're going to lose now, but it, that just came even quicker than I could. Yeah, the wrap-up Gamecock baseball, you know, if we if we beat North Carolina, we're, we're the best team in the, the country when this comes out, and if we lose, uh, we suck. So just remember that. But we're sweeping Missouri this weekend. I, I really hope they stink. They've won like 10 games. Yeah, actually literally 10 games. They're three and six in the conference. It's not very good. Are they? Are they the worst in the conference? Or they're the worst Auburn? in the East. They right may now. not have uh, the worst SEC record. I, I think they actually took two out of three over A and M, who's also pretty bad last weekend. Wait, really? Yes. I thought Auburn, might, Auburn might be tied with them. Isn't A and M a top ten team? No, A and M's not very good. Missouri has the worst overall record, Am I, but they don't have the worst conference okay. record. They okay. do have a terrible overall record. Yes, they have the worst overall in the conference, but they don't have the worst conference record. That but honor goes to both LSU and Auburn. You know who also yeah, has a terrible record? This week's flop of the week. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you're trying. Record. Yeah. Um. I think he means record. No, no, maybe... no. He meant to say record. record no, like record, he's zero and one. Zero and one in street fights. Ah, ah, absolutely. So as we saw. Some of us saw this week. Um, it wasn't a big story. There's a lot going on this week with with finals and and all different types of basketball. But there was another final matchup that happened this week. Um, there was a, a video that leaked uh, of a Walmart brawl, which usually is not where I like to see my my boxing go off. But you know, every once in a while, UFC does get taken over by world stars. Sometimes UFC fights and boxing matches aren't even as good as what you can find on the internet. And we had a good one. It was a Walmart brawl between two... Are we going to say these are hot collies? I'd say so, Six yeah. foot six, 300 pounds, and both of them looked I about think they the fit same. The uh, I don't know what necessarily went on. The video started before, but the, one of the dude, the big, the bigger dude was trying to start it. The, the other slightly less big dude came back and was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start this fight. And they, they, they put their dukes up. 
the biggest of the dudes got absolutely destroyed, um, and it was it was broken that it was ex Raiders offensive tackle Bruce Campbell, uh, who has been on a couple of different teams. But uh, man, it was a, apparently he got his jaw broken, and he just got absolutely destroyed. I mean, he was I, in the video. I could believe it. He he was on the ground trying to pick himself back up, and still getting slammed in the face, uh, which is never something you like to see. Uh, but like. That's why just because a guy is big doesn't mean he can't get beat. If a dude has brawled his whole life, doesn't matter the size, he can he can get one or two hit good hits in. And that was going to be our flop of the week. But the real flop of the week is that it's not even Bruce Campbell that was in the fight. Apparently, the person who posted this is like a well-known troll on the internet. And apparently Bruce Campbell had come out and said that that's not me at all. That's just like a big dude. I'm not sure how that was like. I'm not sure how anyone thought that was him, um, but apparently the whole story had been fabricated. Uh, dude, I think I don't even know if he broke his jaw. I don't even know what's real anymore with this story, but it, it was it was a good one. Uh, so there was that. Uh, hats off to Raiders Nation. I mean, it. Hey, if I was a Raiders fan, I would be claiming that. Um, but the other big story this week was not necessarily a flop, but a pretty. I don't know. I guess you could call it a flop in some respect. But uh, Paul Pierce, boy, did he have a night. Uh, Austin, you want to take that yes. one? Yes, uh, there was some flops happening. All right, uh, not really in a. <laughs> not, not, there you not go. Really in, there you go. Not really in the best I just thought way. of it. Yeah, yeah. Marino it. So, uh, yeah, Paul Pierce yeah. was fired Let's from ESPN um, this week. Um, so he did. He get yes, fired? he got fired from ESPN for his for this. Um, no way. Um, I heard Barstool was trying to snipe him. That that wouldn't surprise me. That That's, seems very yeah. Barstool content. Yeah. Uh, so for those that don't know, you know, Paul Pierce, he's on ESPN. He's usually doing like NBA live and stuff like that. You know, he's on the NBA panel yeah. this Friday. He posted a, a, on an Instagram live of all things. He, um, I don't know if he was at his house or where he was at, but basically he had strippers and he was smoking a joint and he just had the camera <laughs> on panning Instagram yeah, on Instagram live and just had the camera panning around. Now it's even funnier is apparently he only had like 500 views or something like that. Like it wasn't a very popular it was 350. It wasn't even oh, 500. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Like, 350. He threw it all away for 350. Yeah, he, uh, he lost his Instagram job for 350 viewers. Instagram live viewers. Um, and all <laughs> you see is, in this video is, is just strippers doing stripper things. Strippers. There was some flopping. There was some flopping, as I said. And, and uh, he, Paul Pierce was smoking a joint. So, you know, not, I guess that part, not really the biggest deal, but of course ESPN isn't going to allow that. So they, they did fire him. Uh, They're a Disney exactly. company. They fired him pretty much immediately. Um, and all, all Paul Pierce had to say the next day, basically when he woke up from his alcoholic and, you know, pot smoking endeavors, he just said, keep smiling. Um, it's almost like when you wake up from like a party, <laughs> like when you go on Snapchat and like you're posting everything that happened. And you just kind of wake up the next morning and, like, laugh at everything that you did that night before that everyone had to watch. That's pretty much what Paul Pierce did. Um, his, just, his good morning tweet was just so funny. There, was, there wasn't a smiley face. It was, it was just yeah, good morning. It was, morning. Just, it was, it was, it was so actually the exact message was smile, and then it was big things coming soon. Stay tuned. Make sure you smile. I guess by big things, he didn't expect to be fired. Um, that is yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that was supposed to mean. I th- yeah, so that's that's hilarious. I wonder if like ESPN did have something for him, and it was like, well, sorry, uh, good luck because that's not happening anymore. Or maybe he has something else on the pipeline. But Paul Pierce certainly had a night of himself. He was looking like he just won the uh, the men's tournament. 
he was looking like a Baylor Baylor player over there with the, the strippers and everything. So, um, oh, that does remind me. We d- we didn't mention it earlier, but the the final bracket challenge for the Soda City Sit Down Group uh, of the nineteen people that were mm. in it, uh, we we kind of sent it out to everyone who listens, who follows us on social media, and so we had a, a decent little pool of people, and three of the the top three people were guys in this in this very call clayton getting first place as uh he took over austin winning uh, with first place baby and that was with baylor was winning never, right i cannot believe i got first by the way i thought i was gonna do terrible this year and this is the best i've ever done especially because i was in the lead like the whole bracket essentially <laughs> yeah austin was leading literally the entire time and because baylor beat houston I would. Yeah, and then uh, so Austin, who had, he didn't quite do very well in the the final four, uh, those predicting those games. But before that, he was in like the 99th percentile. Four. So uh, he yeah. got second place, and then I, I came along at third. I actually had a heartbreaking uh, loss of. So I had a ten dollar buy in with this group I'm in. Uh, that our Soda City sit down one was free, so not just more bragging rights online, but. Uh, because Gonzaga lost, oh, I, we were gonna talk. I lost four hundred do- potential dollars. Wow! But I got second place, so I got mm. my money back. So you know, just like could be worse. It could be awesome. worse. But uh, could be worse. Keep on, keep smiling. I'm smiling. Things ahead. Definitely smiling a big thanks to everyone that joined our bracket. Can that be the new <laughs> motto of our podcast? Keep smiling. <laughs> keep smiling. Big things ahead. Uh, yeah, I thought I was gonna be like fourth, and I think I miscounted somewhere. And uh, I think I was like ninth. <laughs> it was very different from uh, from fourth. Uh, but I think I don't know. I don't know who was last. Was it me or Tyler? I think that was last. I can't remember. I feel like it was Tyler um, in our group, but that was still like top yes. half. I'll have to I'll have to fact yeah. check myself oh, yeah. on that. We we did very well, well in our our uh, our guests. When you got when you have so someone pro- when you have someone projecting Wait, uh, Ohio what, State, uh, Alabama, and Illinois name, uh, making it. Marino? In the... uh, it, it was it was Tyler's feet pick. Uh, you got last. Tyler was one spot ahead of you. Oof, that's Oof. What I thought. Yeah. So the five uh, the five of us were five of the top eight spots. Yes. Damn. Not great. We should start a sports podcast or something. You know, talk about stuff like this. <laughs> this is crazy. That's the consistency you can expect from the airwaves coming through your ears in the Soda City sit down right there. That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, that was uh. I don't know. It was it was a pretty disappointing final game. It was fun just to watch Baylor absolutely smoke Gonzaga, but yeah, I was kind of bored. No perfect that, season for them. Lol. Really, it was Lol. that Gonzaga UCLA game that was the the shining game from the men's side of the Final Four. That game was awesome. Was that was that the buzzer beater yeah. shot? Yeah, in overtime. My my brother in law was like, that was the best. He's like, that was probably one of the best endings to a game of all time i was like dude what i was like like, you need to read to rewatch the villanova i I, I feel like that's number one though (laughs) that's up and and he was like i don't know and then this is easter and then like he went home and then like four hours later i got a text he was like yeah i just watched that clip that was yeah you're right yeah "Yeah, dude i i remember that was such a good one um yeah so uh i guess we can move on to quick hits So we got the Gamecock recruiting update. This is not... not Matt, uh, you want to take it? Yeah, so... Uh, uh, I guess there's yeah, some there's, Well, there's football and men's basketball commits. Uh, three-star O-lineman Grayson Mains 
uh, committed to South Carolina. He, he seemed like a, a South Carolina guy all the way. Um, definitely when it comes to offensive line, you know, you, any position you want those high star guys, but O-line is, is, is one of those positions that's, it's, it's almost more important that a guy has the qualities that the coaching staff is looking for when they watch film, when they see them in practice. Cause those guys, you, especially like most of them probably haven't gotten maybe to the weight necessary. They maybe just in their scheme are limited in what they're doing when they get to a college sec offensive line weight room that's when you you really see how talented they are and so i I think this guy's got a lot of what the coaching staff wants uh definitely a a good pickup for us there i'm I'm excited to see what this guy can do uh just uh just the second commit so far in the 2022 process that is currently committed and then uh over the basketball side Murray State transfer Chico Carter Jr. Uh, just played right down the road at uh, Cardinal Newman, I believe, in high school. So uh, he committed to South Carolina to come in. And as as crazy as the men's basketball team and in so much turmoil that it's in right now, I mean, this guy averaged off the bench 13 points per game. He's a really good free throw shooter. He's a really good just general shooter. We need we we need shooters of any kind yeah. and a sp- we need players. I say we need so. basketball players. <laughs> yeah, so this this guy is definitely going to come in and and most likely start for us and and probably be a, a really good contributing player. But who his teammates will be? It's a it's a great question. Uh... Yeah. So in Gamecock men's basketball news, of people that are on or formerly on the team. Uh, Justin Manaya, Trey Hannibal, TJ Moss, and Jalen McCreary have all announced that they will be transferring. Or, or I guess in Manaya's case, he kind of graduated, so it's not real. I guess it's still. He, I don't know he's if it probably still qualifies be, as a transfer. Yeah, I, he'll probably be a grad transfer, I'd assume. He's been around the program for so long, and regardless, he's yeah. leaving the team. Uh, but then also, uh, Brian and Kuznard are going to go to the draft without an agent, so. They might get drafted. Uh, I don't think they're looking like they will be drafted. I just don't think so. But they went without an agent, so they could come back. Uh, But, you know, who knows? You you really never know. They could go in the G League or uh, just do something else other than come back to South Carolina. Hopefully not. We really are needing players for the team, and those two guys would be probably two of our best players, if not our two best players this upcoming year yeah so there's kind of two Uh, scenarios with those guys is it the lawson thing that he did last year where it's kind of like go through the draft process and you know for me i I feel like what they're doing is very smart from the perspective of why not network why not use all the resources if they're going to allow guys to go through the draft process work out in front of an agent get feedback on and a draft grade why would you not want to do that especially if you have the option to come back. Now, the the alternate is that they're just trying to find an, an out from this team, which it, it seems like a lot of a lot of guys are right now. So I, I would hope these guys come back, but then again, we don't know what the dynamic with the whole coaching situation is. I, I've heard some opinions anywhere from that this is just an absolute disaster to it's not that bad and Frank will be back and we'll be okay. Personally, I, I lean more toward the disaster aspect of it, but at least for these guys, I, I kind of hope they come back, whoever the coach ends up being. If, just for their sake, I, I'm not sure that they're going to have a, a great time going through the draft, and I highly doubt either gets drafted. 
Yeah, I there's a very low percentage that either of these two guys gets drafted by, but uh, you know maybe they want to go just get paid and go to the G League, but who knows? I I do think that this is I I agree with you that this is a, a code red. Uh, who, are we gonna even have enough players to field a team next year? Uh, I've seen some of the the big spur guys being uh, like pump the brakes a little bit. It's not as bad. A lot of these guys were kind of expected to leave, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I just know I mean, that our basketball team next year, men's basketball team next year, is not gonna be good. Yeah, there's no surprise that they would want some. I guess more consistency or at least just like kind of knowing what their place is going to be and what the team is going to be next year like it's kind of hard to perform when like you just everything in terms of the entire uh system we have at south carolina is up in the air for basketball so while it sucks like i i can see why some guys who might love playing in south carolina leave uh who have already left or who will leave if there are any others and i hope there's not but yeah, it's just tough situation. Um, I think I think we can talk more about that whole situation in the next couple months when like we're sure of everything. But like we've heard rumors about like just and some things may be confirmed. Y'all would probably know more than I would. But like just how terrible this whole situation was handled. Um, yeah, like I want to talk about it more, but I also don't want to just like keep spreading on rumors that uh we aren't yeah i i personally am less worried about the transfers and more just for me the the disaster comes in with how just the interactions between the board of trustees and the athletic department and the usc president how 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 all of these reports for weeks came out with just this media coverage talking about how it seemed like they were going to move on from frank once you have that out there there's no option other than to get rid of him because if the path wasn't already hard enough for Frank, setting him back with all of these, like no one recruit wise, I mean, shout out to Chico Carter Jr. I mean, this guy that just committed, I couldn't believe the timing of that. And I, I think there there's, you know, it, it helps that he's right down the road. I think he'd always been a Gamecock guy. So he's just taking the opportunity he's got now to come here, which respect to that. But Outside of him, like recruiting class for the 2021 class before this whole fiasco, I think it was actually pretty good. We've got a, a couple top 150 guys. It's a good recruiting class, all things considered. Does it stick? I doubt it, but you know, maybe maybe things will, will shake out well for us there. Again, this situation is still kind of in the hypothetical phase because we don't know if there's been no statement from the university. And just how everything's been handled is poor. I, I honestly, for at least Frank's sake, I hope he gets another job. Uh, for us, I'd, I'd like him to stay and maybe have a chance at a comeback. But it, at this point, it's just so... There's just no way that he's going to be able to succeed not. with the, the, the situation that he's going to be put in. I really hope he gets another job for his own sake because it, it's... It's gonna just be a disaster next year, and we're gonna at, get behind him. We're gonna pull for him. Like we, we get I, this podcast between us. Like we, we love Frank. Frank's an awesome dude and a great coach, and I'll never doubt him with some of the things he's done. So if they come out next year and are, and manage to be decent, 
I'd be very surprised, but just the way Frank is, he, it could happen. But that being said, he just doesn't deserve this. And just the way that, really that everything has been handled has been, in my opinion, a disaster. I, I don't think that's that's going too far to say that that is what the situation is at this point. Yeah. You ready to move on to football? I, I think we've, we've hit on all the points. Yeah, in let's get on to something a little bit happier. So spring practice week two. Uh, first of all, spring game sold out within like 48 hours. That's great. I honestly hope they put some more tickets out if uh, possible, if healthy, if the world deems it allowable. But we've got tickets. We're at least the, the ones of us that are in and around Columbia. We're heading there. Sad. Uh, Clayton and Austin live too far away, so they will not be joining us. But uh, other other than that, we're going to try to get out there. We'll probably... Uh, what day is it? It's the, is it in May? It's uh, April 24th. So oh. a week Ooh. and a half away. Yeah, Clemson's was this this, this weekend. weekend. I was like, "Wow, that's so early." Well, I think Missouri or just, I think it was Missouri had theirs like a week before that. A lot of the SEC teams have theirs coming up the next two weekends, so definitely excited for that. Uh, there's there's not been too many practices yet. Uh, last week with it being Eastern, sort of whatever colleges are doing with spring break, they they had a couple days off. But uh, so far, what, what we're we're kind of gleaning a few things here from. Uh, from spring practice, it's definitely looking like this coaching staff is is feeling better about the wide receiver room. Obviously, better than it was last year, but even with losing Shy Smith, we we brought in a, a good couple guys, uh, Marion Brown and EJ Jenkins. Although he's moved to sort of a tight end role at this point, but it, it we're getting guys that opted out last year: Ortre Smith and Chad Terrell, who. Neither of those guys have played meaningful minutes in the last two or three years because of nagging injuries. And it seems like these guys are healthy and looking good. I've heard that they're both starting right now. So that that could be really interesting. I mean, I remember Orche Smith as a when I was a freshman, he was he was really good. <laughs> and then like just couldn't get back on the field. Terrell also was a four star prospect coming out of high school. So certainly the talents there, uh, if, if they can stay healthy. I think the wide receiver core, especially, and you also got to remember that the coach we have at wide receivers, I think that he's, Justin I, I think, he's a guy. I think step is, is one of the, he was like the A plus coaching hire in the off season of all, of all the coaches we got. I was probably most excited for him. And uh, I, I just think that they could be good. I don't know if they'll be great. It, it certainly helps to have, great running backs and i think the tight end position is pretty good especially with what we've heard about ej jenkins it sounds like all six foot seven of him is just a really good fit at that tight end position across from nick muse i think the offensive coordinator is going to be looking forward to uh using two tight end sets hopefully i i kind of hope we see that but uh just a couple things we've noticed. Uh, also, just with the quarterback situation, I think between Doty and Brown, Brown missed a couple practices, but uh, all, all, all I'm kind of hearing so far is that Luke Doty is is the guy right now. Uh, the, I'm sure there will be some sort of competition moving forward, but it seems like it's it's kind of like a, a one and two right now and not as much like a 1A, 1B. It seems like there's some separation there, but a lot of time until uh, that kickoff in the fall. I think that's a that's good news for me because uh, you know going into last year having that competition was really worrying to me 
you know, you had a guy in Holinsky that was coming in and had experience and hearing that he's not looking good. That's a, basically what I'm hearing when there's a QB competition. I, I, I'm usually more inclined to think that the starter is looking or like the incumbent is worse than the new guy is better unless he's like some super highly recruited guy. So hearing that Doty is, you know, establishing himself as a starter, I think is, is good news. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll see how that plays out in the coming coming weeks or so. I mean, I think so no, nothing's confirmed yet. I assume we'll get a confirmation on the starter. Well, we shouldn't, right? Because Luke Doty was the starter before, right? And so will they make a, com- a confirmation otherwise? As for the spring game, or... I think it, it's important who starts in the spring game, but at the same time, just with the way the spring game is, they would probably just be a lot of different guys playing. I'd expect Doty to be the first quarterback we see, but they may want to get a different guy to to at least be the quote-unquote starter for the spring game, you know? I don't know what uh, method they'll well, I mean, take. There's always so. two guys that start just because right. of the nature yeah. of the so spring it, game. It's kind of so. hard to glean yeah. anything from that, but we'll definitely uh, be looking for different guys to flash in that game. I think defensively, I'm, I'm looking to see if we can get anybody in the secondary leveling up hoping to see cam smith do some good things some of the other guys in the secondary you've got to step up younger guys we had so many guys leave that area so gonna be tough uh but defensively yeah i think the d-line i want to see some big improvements there because i I think we're super talented at that position just maybe hasn't really been figured out so far but uh, overall just these little tidbits they're just like they're feeding it little by little. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the spring game. Uh, we're going to, you know, we can't tailgate outside the stadium, but we're going to do something nearby and uh, head over to the game. So if you run into any of us, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'd be concerned yeah. if any of them knew what you guys look like. <laughs> we do have a video. Yeah, that is true. It's true. Never mind. They're going to be like, why aren't your faces all red and, like, lips red and, like, sweating and uncomfortable? And just like, yelling oh, uncontrollably. We're not eating hot wings. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. Throwing up milk. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> hey, not all. Not all. Uh, that would be me. Not all of us, dude. Uh, I'll take the other. That wasn't it. <laughs> I hope there's no tailgate throw up. Uh, let's, let's. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think it's going to get that wild. Well, I don't think well, it's going to get I'm that wild. I'm pretty sure it's a noon thing, game, but, so, uh. <laughs> Be. Maybe Ooh, some mimosas. Love. When does that ever stop this before? Ooh, love to hear. Man, oh. I'm getting more excited oh, as we continue. Well, let's hit one but. last thing before before we end. And this one's for, oh. this one's for you, Tyler, because you said oh. we couldn't couldn't oh. get away without was, talking about it. But it's okay. the Masters weekend, and Dustin Johnson, so, yeah. who is a South Carolina alum, uh, reigning champion. Uh, he's uh, the odds-on favorite to win it again this year. But you know, it's golf, so uh, who knows. But, wow. uh, we, you know, it's also pretty local to the area down in Augusta, so it is somewhat relevant. But none of us here on the pod that are currently on the podcast care much about golf. Hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was, I'm going to correct for but, his sake, because I know it's driving him crazy when he listens to this. Uh, he's not a Carolina alum. He's a Coastal Carolina alum. He's just from the Columbia Oh, excuse area. me. You're welcome, excuse Tyler. Me. You don't have to have an aneurysm. It's okay. Thank you for, you, uh, for you, that correction. You t- you took more emphasis into this than I was. I was just I was planning on just reading his text for verbatim and just ending it with that. Um, he now owes me. <laughs> so though, for... yeah, I'm I'm impressed. You gave him. 
I actually did watch golf uh, over Easter. I was kind of forced to because my brother-in-law is a big golf fan, and I really didn't get anything out of it. I, th- I was pretty bored the entire time. I watched about ten minutes of it, so maybe that's why. But I think it's I think it still would have been. Boring I would have been actually whole, perfectly whole, uh, okay weekend. if we just completely flubbed that whole text that he sent. Because honestly, <laughs> Tyler, if you really wanted to talk about golf, you'd be doing something more important than uh, than mowing your lawn for the third time today. Ooh, or whatever you, you dads do. Maybe he's Yikes. on the grill. Maybe he's making some and dad jokes somewhere. Maybe. There was, a, there was another text he sent prior, which was, don't let Marino ta- uh, take the intro. He'll downplay the whole episode. And you know what? Not only did I not downplay the whole episode, I'm gunning for your job, Tyler. Marino's so, going all Aaron Rodgers on him I'm right just now. kidding. I'm just kidding. Tyler's probably going to – Tyler's continuing to do this. This is his job. But I was, I was really glad doesn't. to do it. Marino for... wants the recognition, but he doesn't want to do this every week. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you did great. I want all the pride. He's tired of being None in of the, the background. He wanted to be in the foreground for a little bit, just kind of, you know, shake things up. He wants to be in the yeah. limelight for a little bit. So I'm saying he's going – I also – hey, he... He's just trying to take like that. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and he's probably going to be mad – it's first second in because I didn't do the hey everybody intro like uh, everyone else had continued. I actually didn't realize I didn't do it until like a minute after. But uh, you're welcome, Tyler. You're welcome. Um, and with that, I think we're done for the for the nights. We're in, uh, done for the week. And you know, we'll see you for the next one. We got episode sixty nine coming up in nice. like three weeks, so that's gonna be a fun one. We got to plan something for it, guys. But uh, until then, uh, see you then.